to As Told Here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA-TV and Community Media Center. As Told Here brings community media to where you are. Welcome to Out of the Dark, an informational series on mental health topics. I'm Jane. And I'm Joan. And today's topic is what, Joan? Uh, addiction. Today's topic is addiction because? With opiate um, addiction as well as opiate deaths on the rise, it seems that it was, was an important topic to bring up, especially in Connecticut. One of the leading causes of accidental deaths right now, people are buzzing that it is accidental overdoses. And I just want to remind you that addiction is a disease and in every other aspect of medicine, every other aspect of medicine. When one becomes symptomatic, we offer more treatment. With addiction, when one becomes symptomatic, we offer less. What do you think about that, Jane? I think that's been true, and I think that we've seen throughout Connecticut and the country um, that people are trying to change that, that stigma. Again, it's a, it's a stigma. Why would somebody with what get more care, Joan? Diabetes. For example. Heart and disease. But unfortunately, um, even with all the new treatment centers and the current care and the medications and the therapy and the self-help groups, it is a real problem, especially in our little state of Connecticut, the accidental overdoses of our young people and our middle-aged and our elderly. We could do a philosophy class, which we tr are not going to do, about <laughs> why do we think this is happening. Instead, uh, Joan and I would like to focus more on maybe what sort of things you can do as one person. Um, do you have a loved one with that um, disease? And we're going to try to educate a little bit more on the symptoms, etc. And I want you to know that it's anybody. Addiction doesn't is not prejudice. It doesn't only pick out those people that are supposedly weak. It's not a weakness of character. It could be your next door neighbor. It could be your teacher. It could be your paper boy. It could be the police officer that stopped you. It could be another APRN. A wonderful point, Joan. Um, addiction does cross all boundaries. So um, now it seems to be an epidemic, and what do you think? Um, well, it's more of an opiate epidemic right now, even though I'm sure alcohol is still killing more people than that, but people are frightened now. So the more you know, the more you can actually help a loved one or a neighbor or not be as judgmental. Um, the, Joan, that's an excellent point, uh -huh. the more you know. The more knowledge, you know. It used to be a commercial. Knowledge is the key right now. If you if yourself have an addiction, especially we're going to focus on opiates tonight, or a loved one, get as much knowledge as you can. And remember, when people started teaching about pregnancy and how to avoid that, I know there was an uproar that said, no, that doesn't belong in the schools, but it actually decreased unwanted pregnancy. So let's break the stigma and start talking about who is drawn to opiate use. Exactly. Let's not keep it that family secret or that elephant in the room that nobody speaks about. elephant in the room. Exactly, Joan, that nobody talks about. Let's bring it out in the open. Um, we're also going to use ourselves a little bit, um, not with opiates, but to liken it to another addiction that I'm not willing to share at this moment, but give me five minutes and, and I'm going to do that. Oh, I'm sure you're going to sh share that because <laughs> let's just talk about something that's legal, something as coffee versus cigarettes, okay? People don't think about coffee as being a drug, but of, of course, when you drink it, it makes you feel awake, alert, oriented, sometimes in a good mood. 
as well as what did I and mention? Cigarettes. The, yes, cigarettes. And who smokes cigarettes? I, I used to, and that was Joan. It hasn't been five minutes. I I was mm -hmm. going. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Though. And I heard that that was even harder than. Oh yes. Say it. Quitting cigarettes has been shown to be even more difficult than quitting opiates or heroin. So what is an opiate? First of all, it's that poppy plant. The two natural alkaloids in the plant are morphine and codeine. So those we are going to refer to as opiates. Opioids, which is a tongue twister, would be the synthetic medicines, such as fentanyl, oxycontin, oxycodone, Vicodin. Uh, morphine is pure. Heroin is pure if it's not cut with something. Right. Heroin, heroin actually has to change to morphine within your body to be excreted. So you would actually call heroin half opiate, half opioid. opioid. Yeah. So, okay. So um, addiction has two basic traits that have to be there um, in order for it to be called addiction. Tolerance meaning you need more and more to get that effect, mm -hmm. as well as a withdrawal process. Which means if you abruptly stop the medicine or drug, you're going to go through physical withdrawal symptoms. Speaking of, Joan, do you have the definition of a drug? I used to. Sort of. It was any... In your back pocket? Yeah, my back pocket. Any absorbed substance within your body that actually causes a physiological, physical, or psychological change. Usually that would be our enzyme activity. So if you put something... Oh, the FDA excludes something that actually causes physiological and psychological changes and what do you in think the definition of a drug, and that's what? Food. Food. Because food, some people are addicted to food, oh, especially I was. sugar. I was addicted to sugar. That was another addiction we can share. So people that are drawn to the drug uh, tend to build the tolerance, and then they feel that, well, I can handle this. And what's happening is... Fentanyl, which is an opioid, remember, once it's synthesized, it's way stronger. So it's at least 100 times more potent than heroin. So if heroin is going to be cut with something to spread it out, it's so inexpensive right now that fentanyl, which is extremely potent, if it's laced with that, so you think you can handle what you used to snort or ingest or smoke, add fentanyl to that, and it's as if, do you want to get high or do you want to die. That's horrible. So the more you know, again, be careful. I wouldn't suggest any non-pharmaceutical use of any substance, but pharmaceutical um, drugs are as dangerous lately. People are overdosing on their pain management medicines. Their benzodiazepines, which is Ativan, Xanax, or Clonopin. I was using the generic so name. So opiate addiction and um, accidental overdoses or um, intentional overdoses, is on the rise. And part of that is back in the day, um, nurses and doctors weren't paying enough attention to, to pain management. Mm -hmm. And they focused a lot on, oh, no, we didn't give enough pain relief. So then we began to prescribe um, a lot of pain medication to keep that, client, that patient under um, with good pain relief. So one of the most dangerous places in your bathroom it's not, it's not the toilet that's, when you flush it, it'll hit your toothbrush. It's the medicine cabinet. Yeah, it is. So again, knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Educate yourself. Educate your family. Don't start 
when your son comes home at 22 and has needle marks in his arm. Or 15. They're starting younger because it's so inexpensive. Um, foreign countries have learned how to make synthetic fentanyl that's not pharmaceutical grade, but it's extremely inexpensive. So unfortunately, it is being added to the heroin in this country. So a lot of the accidental overdoses, Joan sort of touched upon that, that people often will um, use more and more and more. But, you know, you don't know what you're getting from each uh, dealer or your friend. You really don't know what you're getting, what mom or dad had in the medicine cabinet. And so they're using too much, and basically how you um, die from an opiate is respiratory depression, so you stop breathing. So let's touch on a synergistic effect. If you add, okay, she said respiratory depression. If you add another medicine that also can cause respiratory depression to the opioid or opiate, then you're getting a synergistic effect, which is even more dangerous, and that would be any things such as alcohol. Again, benzodiazepines, which are Xanax, Clonopin, Ativan, Valium. Uh, what are some of the other synergistic effects that could affect an opiate overdose? Jane. I wanted to say sugar, but I'm not going to. I don't think anybody really uses barbiturates anymore. Yes, good point. Barbiturates, uh, which are mostly for seizure disorders. Um, they were more popular many, many moons ago. So addiction. Addiction is not just a one-person disease. It's a family disease. And that's another piece of knowledge that I don't want anybody throwing um, sand at, at each other in a sandbox. But it is a family disease. It starts probably when we are little and being raised and everybody don't be hard on yourselves. We all mess up our children. We all make mistakes as parents. Uh, but little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. And again, the more you know, then you don't have to treat that person punitively. You don't have to, don't start hiding everything or throwing things away. I believe because me, it's they'll hard just to just go yeah, out and go get find it. More. Yes. Uh, about the family, though. Yes, Joan. You call it a family disease. Does that mean cardiac? Surgery is a family disease, diabetes, asthma. What do you mean by family disease with addiction? Well, one of the things about addiction, that was so nice of you, John. <laughs> one of the things about addiction, it's, it's a poor coping skill, and I've suffered from it myself. Um, usually there is a lot of anxiety. Um, there is discord, a fight between members of the family and the person who's uh, susceptible to addiction or is the uh, person suffering from addiction is going to run and use that, that um, substance to self-soothe. And what's sad is what, it, what happened was if you had the discord with your family, you're actually hurting yourself because the discord was so up upsetting and, and disruptive that you go out and use. It's actually you're spiting yourself. But let's just say, even with pain management, anybody who uses an addictive substance, here's what happens. Anything that's addictive, <laughs> but also Tegretol is that outlier, it makes enzymes in your body to rid that drug out of your body faster than before. That's tolerance. We're all going to be addicted to a substance eventually if we take it every single day, more than once a day, for several months. So we want to clear that. So it's not something to be ashamed of we all will get addicted to that. Come to find out that some studies have shown that 
let's just say tough love didn't work not neither works <laughs> tough love um coddling don't we don't even want to say Making the word excuses um or assisting the person to what's that keep good word we don't want to we talk. don't like a couple of words but what, enabling enabling and there was another word codependency oh yeah those are old terms you would be asking a mother to put her child out in the streets without food water or clothing obviously and a father so that would be considered codependent or enabling but let's just not ask them to be out of that role um, so neither of those work here's the thing <sighs> under every addiction there's either pain anger fear there's another there's another thing underlying that so what I wanted to say fear yeah no I really what what I really want to say is the people that have the most difficult times coming off of the substance and remaining free of that substance often have something from their past that they want to forget they're so upset about it. it it's so horrific that they can barely talk about it those are the people we worry about that can't seem to stay substance free and there's a lot of shame and guilt and that's remember, why I didn't say the word clean let's let's move away from those, those terms old words. oh his urine's dirty oh she's clean now so clean and dirty it's kind of a judgmental way to talk so let's switch that up so consciously the family didn't cause the addiction and consciously, consciously the person didn't say I want to grow up and be an addict exactly so you did, we didn't cause it we can't control it we can't fix it but what can we do because I did suffer from um, an, a couple of addictions like I've already came out with sugar and cigarettes and I beat them and so let's talk about well I that's another word that I think should you know you beat them that means that you what do you mean by that Jane okay. what do you mean you beat all right I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little more provocative yes, I please. believe I'm cured from those two addictions but I want to go back to symptoms of addiction for okay. education mm -hmm. there's three very common symptoms of all addiction and it's lying cheating or stealing and that's very hard to swallow within a family if somebody stole from you how how do you get beyond that and say you know what I'd rather live with a diabetic because this is getting ridiculous <laughs> which I would not rather live with a diabetic but it's very hard when somebody's stealing lying when I this sometimes people will say this too well I never stole from my family wow like okay so you stole from other people Joan have you had an addiction have I had an addiction sure um yeah let's, let's not put Joan on the what, spot no, right now no I'll say Joan, it no no one of the benzodiazepines yeah we all get addicted to them yes good. so okay. I had a very difficult time sleeping and I kept taking them and taking them and eventually they didn't work and I'll and I will say to myself enjoy that while it works because eventually it won't work and I'll have to move on to something else unless I want to go up and up and up and eventually that's where we get into trouble so did you wanna there's a there's a myth that um, certain drugs are gateway drugs pretty much alcohol is a big gateway drug um, huge I want to say that one of the biggest gateway drugs <laughs> is a dysfunctional family and we all that come is a, from dysfunctional families mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so whether your addiction is sugar or opiates um, you are at risk what else can um, do did we talk about what people can do Joni other than bring it out of the dark 
talk about it, educate. If you can educate your children when they're young, that's the best thing you can do. The best. And if your kid says, Mommy, did you do drugs? Did you do drugs when you were younger? What are you supposed to say? If the answer is no, please let the answer be no. Nine out of ten times, the answer is not no, but your children don't need um, a novel. Just the abridged version. Uh, for example, I tried a Percocet and it made me really nauseous and tired, so I didn't like that. Or, or I tried a coca leaf and it felt like I was on a cup of coffee. <laughs> okay, so we know that they lie, cheat, and steal, including myself. I lied and stole. And, and the word cheat is more like when people relapse, especially on the um, opiates, uh, people feel that they sort of diss their family, that it is a cheating on your family or your spouse or your loved one or your sibling or your this or your child. Well, yes, because they choose the drug over the relationship. Right. Absolutely. But what we can do if they are a family member, you know, you, you love the person, let them know that you still love them. It's, it's the disease. It's the disease. And, and the, the behaviors that go along with the disease that are so difficult. That are very unattractive. When you decide as, and which it should be a family, but if, you're, if it's not going to be a family, if it's just, for example, um, an older brother and a younger brother, um, a, a father and a, a son, etc. When you choose to start setting limits on the, the drug behaviors or the having the drugs, etc., please don't make idle threats. Remember... When we make idle threats, the child, the grown child, knows that you're not going to carry it out. So I always tell people, if you're going to kick your uh, child or young adult out of the house, you might want it to be springtime, summer, maybe not so much that winter story you told, Joan. I don't remember that story. <laughs> Do you? You said something about throwing somebody out in the cold. So keep it, keep it brief. Keep, you know, if you have 10 rules, nobody's following those rules because it's too hard to re right. reinforce those and follow through with those. But if you have two, two rules, maybe three, and what might you, Joan, can you give an example of, of something that, um, let's say you have a, <laughs> have a, you have a best friend who's use, using opiates and you guys go out all the time but now your best friend, she's calling you and asking you for money. What might you do? I love you, but I wish I could, but I can't. I wish I could, but I can't. But I love you. I love you. I wish I could, but I can't. But if you're looking for some help, mm -hmm. I can help you find some treatment. Another reason for people um, around that loved one to get all the information you can. And if people are willing to go as a family unit, you can, you can identify what happened and where it went to the point of addiction. I mean, four bags of heroin pretty much will kill anybody, but that would be a naive user. But if you use, you can do 10 bags of heroin. You can do 20 bags of heroin and still not die. But those are people that have grown tolerance. But unfortunately let's go back to Connecticut and what the epidemic is 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 that fentanyl which is a hundred times more potent 
then morphine is being added. So again, be aware. First, I'd love for you never to do it, but if you are gonna try it because something happened in your life and you wanna forget or you feel like you just wanna get high, remember, do you wanna get high or do you wanna die? And don't mix substances. So it's starting with um, the, the pharmaceuticals, mostly the, the yeah. medications, Vicodin, Percocet, Oxycontin, Oxycodone, etc. That's definitely on, on the rise. And the more you use, uh, the more expensive this habit becomes. With the exhaustion of money, unfortunately, young or old people are um, going to heroin because it's, it's dirt cheap compared to the pharmaceuticals. And then they don't know what they're getting, and they're, they're overdosing. And then sometimes the person says, I know what I'm doing. This is all, you know, I know that this, this amount will not do anything to you. Well, even Joan and I, being identical twins, have different tolerance levels to different medications and or um, food. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. Get all the information you can. Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Go to self-help groups. Um, read books. You can YouTube anything at this point. Uh, but what really has to happen is changing people, places, and things. Right, Joan? That's right, yeah. If, right. If you yeah, move up got to, to. A, And you know what? Here's another thing. There's no sense of community anymore. I think when there was a sense of community, people, whatever they wanted to forget, because under, remember, under that fear and anger um, is a poor coping skill that I've been in myself, trying to either numb yourself, forget something, or fear of actually having to live with whatever um, your stressors are. And unfortunately, a lot of times, the longest clean time, oh, I used that judgmental word, yes, you did, is, you, is sometimes when somebody's in jail. So there are times when we've said, if somebody's been picked up because they've robbed or done something, don't, don't do the bail yet. Let them get into the system. Let them get some treatment. Because uh, outpatient treatment, one-on-one, -on -one, really isn't helping with addiction. They really need you either know, Joan, a group or a facility. You've got that right. So knowledge changing people, places, and things. Pretty much um, hate the disease, not the, not the person. Another key point yeah. um, is learning how to identify your feelings and expressing your feelings, and then regulating your, the, your emotions. Um, so in order to stop an addiction, if you don't have some coping skills, you're kind of a, like a fish out of water. Because think about it. If somebody said to you, let's say sugar, in theory, was as dangerous as opiates or opioids. I'll so, argue that high fructose corn syrup oh, might, might very well be. But, it is. Uh, but if somebody said road. you can never have that again, how difficult would that be for you tomorrow never to have sugar ever again? So we're getting to the point where we want to show people how difficult it is. Somebody will say, why can't he or she just stop? Why can't you just stop? I, that line drives me crazy because what if somebody said to you, Jane, stop sugar tomorrow for the rest of your life. Can you do it? Well, back in the day, I would I would have gone you know, to the store and bought uh, a couple packages of yodels and ate, eaten all six of them. And then, of course, if no one saw me, that it didn't really happen, so I didn't really um, use yodels. But there's sugar in everything. <laughs> You, you might even be taking a vitamin that has some sugar in it. 
So, change people, places, and things. Change people, places, and things. What do you think, Joan? What kinds of things? Sometimes, even when people are quitting cigarettes, they actually say, I'm trying to quit, and I want to hang out with you. You're really a good friend of mine, but for a little while, I'm not going to be able to do it. Yes, you have to actually avoid certain people until you get back on track. Wonderful, wonderful. And then gain knowledge of yourself. Without knowledge of yourself um, and knowledge of your what you put in your body and what you think and your thoughts in your mind and and try some spirituality, whatever that might be, Mother Nature to um, a religion, body, mind, and soul together, when that grows and, and, and sort of blends, is in my experience the way to, to get cure an addiction. I'd like to say you can cure an addiction. Okay, and I just want to I want to preface again what I said that oftentimes, I mean it keeps coming out that let's just say 50 out of 100 people become addicted to an opiate. The 50 people that could not get off of that opiate has an underlying traumatic event that they need to forget. It is so shameful and so it angers them so much. So, so let's bring psychiatry out of the dark. Let's start talking about it. Let's start opening up let's about talk it. Talk about it. Let's not be ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of my addictions from the past. Joan, are you ashamed? Absolutely not. And if Fair. I broke a bone, I'd be able to say it. If somebody says that I'm addicted to something, they hide it. Okay. Thanks to our local producers and Team Hercules for production support. As told here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA-TV and Community Media Center. As told here brings community media to where you are.